there, I'm board certified professional organizer, Kathy Burns. I'm really glad you're here. This podcast is designed for busy entrepreneurs just like you who want to take better control of your business and move forward with less stress and more success. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for coming. The Organized Energized Podcast is produced for your enjoyment and show notes are found at thepodcast.organizedandenergized.com. Come back often and feel free to add this podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes. You can also follow me on Twitter at Organized Energy and Facebook. All links are in the show notes. Now let's get into the show. Hi, everyone. I'm back. And today I'm speaking with Dr. John Finn. John founded the award-winning Tougher Minds Consultancy and has three psychology-related degrees, including a PhD. (laughs) He has worked in performance psychology, resilience, and leadership science for over 20 years. Tougher Minds uses cutting-edge insights from psychology, behavioral science, neuroscience, and world champions to help organizations develop habit mechanics and chief habit mechanics. Resilient people, outstanding leaders, and world-class teams. So if you're ready to build a team or if you have a team, we're going to talk about that. And really, we're going to talk about resilience, too, because that's what this podcast is all about. So let's jump in. Hi, everyone. This is Kathy. And today I am with Dr. John Finn. I'm so excited because we're going to talk a lot about resilience and how to beat that person on your back that's just talking to you about you can't do it and how we're going to bounce back. So welcome, John, to the show. I'm so happy to have you here. Well, delighted to be here, Kathy. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit. I know you have a lot of a lot of uh, degrees in your background, but talk to me a little bit about the journey on what got you to where you are with behavioral science and resilience. Yeah. So when I was eighteen, I went to university to study sports science, physiology, psychology, nutrition, motor control. That's the science of how we learn. And I got really interested in the psychology side of it. I was a very good rugby player. And I got selected to um, play in a, the international uh, rugby student squad. We were playing in a warm-up game before an Australia test match. And I was the fullback. And it was a cold, wet, windy day in the north of England. I was 19. We were playing against the men's professional team. And the ball went high up into the air. I was stood on my goal line. All I had to do was catch the ball, which I'd done thousands of times before. But all I could say to myself was, don't drop it, don't drop it, don't drop it. And of course, well, I didn't even drop the ball. I just completely missed the ball. They scored a try. I got substituted. I didn't get selected for the match. I sustained quite a, a bad injury around then as well. I ruptured one of my quads, so I wasn't going to be playing high-level rugby anymore. So I decided if I can't play... I want to help people to be at their best. So I made it my my goal to become, um, you know, a high performance a performance psychologist. I went on to study a masters, eventually a PhD. I just made it my mission to help other people to be at their best. And I was lucky around the time I was doing my masters, a technology called functional MRI scanners, which was the first tech that allowed us to see inside people's brains in real time, it became cheap enough for researchers to buy it and start to use it. And I was studying with a group of scientists that were really interested in the neuroscience of, of performance psychology. 
Um, so I was kind of on the cutting edge of of that piece of work. And what I what really rung home for me was that all the things that we've been taught were very much about helping people to know what they should do differently. Very little about, well, but how do you actually help people to make sustainable change? Mm. And this is still the case. Most of what most of the advice that's out there is based on theories, insights that are not based on how brains actually work. They're based on what we call black box theories. So I made it my mission to actually take insights from cutting-edge neuroscience, behavioral science, and make them really simple for people to implement in their lives. And of course, what all that science shows is that most of what we're doing most of the time is mindless behavior. It's automatic or semi-automatic. In other words, it's a habit. So pop psychology has done a really bad job in educating people about how important habits are because most of that work is based on black box theories. It's outdated theories that say, well, habits are about 50% of what we do. And we think of habits as things that we do. We don't think of a habit as beating yourself up, worrying too much. That's as habitual as anything else. So we have a tiny bit of consciousness. We've either got 2% consciousness max or zero. Oh, no. Habits are running at least 98% of what we're doing, and sometimes it's everything. So we are extremely mindless. And, you know, a good example is most of us understand that, in fact, they agree. We agree that it's a good idea to eat five portions of fruit and vegetables a day and to walk 10,000 steps. And in the UK, for example, the National Health Service, which is the biggest company in Europe, spends more than than half of its annual budget every year treating diseases that emerge because people don't eat five portions of fruit of veg a day and they don't walk 10,000 steps. We don't do what we know we should do. We do what we're in the habit of doing. Ah. So the, the key is to, to build better habits. And it's not a nice to have. It's driving you. It's driving your family. Habits drive your business. And yet we don't think about them because they're invisible to us. So yeah, I, if, oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I thought you were going to say that we know we're supposed to do the 10,000 tests. We know we're supposed to eat, and, but we don't know why. <laughs> and that's probably true too. You know, it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, we're supposed to be doing that, but yet we don't do it. I, I had a quick question during that story when you said, you know, don't drop the ball, don't drop the ball, don't drop the ball. And then you didn't even catch it. I thought that was interesting because um, usually I think, you know, with programming your mind, don't you think you would catch it and then drop it? Uh, it seems like to me. But also, um, how long did it take you to figure out? Did you know immediately that that's where your disconnect was? Or did you have to look back on that game and say, oh, OK, that's that was this, that was the deal? Yes. Looking back, that was an important point but when you're you know 19 the parts of your brain that allow you to do the very conscious thinking are not properly wired because for males those parts of the brain are not properly wired until we're in about 25 females about a year ahead so we get written off when we're 16 17 18 19 early 20s but our brains are not properly wired yet so that story isn't I knew what I, what I should do, 
but the habits didn't allow me to do that because brain's a threat detection machine. So it was about the threat of messing it up, looking bad, etc. And that took over because most of because the the threat detection parts of the brain run the brain ultimately. And yeah, that's that's quite interesting. So what do you feel is um what's the one lesson is you you've you've helped so many businesses and uh you know help them resilience what do you think is the main lesson um that you would that you have learned through helping other businesses be resilient is there one factor do you think it's the beliefs and the habits or what would you say about that well there are nine factors that drive what we do so it's not about just belief is maybe is one of those factors. The why you said before is another. So that's two. There's still seven more. So we've got to understand the behavioral science that drives what we do. We've got to understand what our brains are designed for. We've been around as a species for over 300,000 years. And our world has dramatically changed. Even in the last few years, our world's dramatically changed. So what we're designed to do isn't what we get asked to do every day. We're designed to walk about um, 12 miles a day to move around and solve problems. Really? That's what we think anthropologically, yeah. And when we move around, it's easier for us to think cleverly because we get this protein called BDNF released into our brain. So if we want to help people in businesses to be at their best, we first of all have to understand what their brain is designed to do. And what are the factors that drive what they do, the behavioral science? And that's why I wrote the book, The Habit Mechanic, to make it really simple for people to understand these things and, and to help themselves and their people to build better habits. So a lot of the work that I do on a day-to-day -day is helping senior leaders in businesses to move away from what we call knowledge-based strategies. So their strategic plans that map out, this is what we need to do in the business to achieve our goals and help them to move towards what we call habit-based strategies. That is, what are the habits our people need to develop and adapt and, and adopt in order to help the business to achieve? I, I saw an interesting stat recently that said only 9% of businesses, and this is in the US, are happy with their performance management systems. Mm. Only 9% of businesses think their performance management systems work. Wow, that is amazing. If you went to a professional sports team and asked them, how happy are you with, the, with your player fitness and conditioning levels? You would get at least, I think you'd get over 95% saying, yeah, we're really happy. Because they use science to inform how they get their players fit. When it well, comes you're to, used to thinking about performance management. I, I wonder how many companies really think about that. I mean, more and more they have, I know here in the US, they have a computer that'll be at the top of the hour saying, okay, get up and move. And, you know, small little things like that, but nothing along the lines of, you know, what sports, uh, what sports leagues do. Well, businesses are investing millions and millions of pounds into this. So most businesses have performance management systems. That's everything from the peer review structure to your annual reviews and all that stuff is designed to get people doing the right things. And they're all saying it doesn't work. It doesn't work because it's not based on how people actually operate and the science that, that drives us up. 
the for me, if, if we look at what sports science has done for professional sport in the last 20 years, where it's looked at, well, what makes people physically fitter? What's the, what's the science of human physiology? And it started to use that to inform how it helps players to get fitter. Neuroscience and behavioral science are the equivalent for us in our professional and, and in fact, home lives. We can use that science, what you might call habit science, to actually make it easier for us to do the kind of things that we'd like to do and know that we should do to be healthier and happier and at our best more often, individually and collectively. So I think from a business perspective, if you want to help yourself and your people to build better habits, I'd start with the habit mechanic because that's what it was, that's what it's written to do. And already people are telling over 10,000 people use our use our approaches. And already people are saying the book has changed their life and it's starting to change how people, you know, do in their businesses as well in the hybrid workplace. I love it. I love it. And congratulations on your success. Everyone out there listening, this is a best-selling book and you should definitely uh, grab a copy of it. And we'll have a, a link for you at the, at, you know, below the podcast here. So um, what do you think... Uh, Throughout your youth and throughout your, uh, you know, growing up, what's the best piece of advice that you ever learned from one of, from maybe one of your coaches or your parents or relatives? Is there something that sticks in your mind that was a really good takeaway? I think the best, well, one of the best pieces of advice is um, that you never lose an hour, which means every hour you invest in something, you get back one way or another even if it doesn't pay you back immediately, which was from my father. My father conditioned, so I, I worked with my father from maybe being 12, 13 years old, you know, building sites, et cetera. They would work 12 hour days, 60 hour weeks. It's, you know, leave, leave home four o'clock on a, on a Monday morning to travel down to London, get back at seven o'clock on a Friday night. So that was, you know, hard work was drilled into me, but that's the thing with, with, uh, being a, a business owner, isn't it? Is that someone isn't paying your wage for you? That the work and if, if you're getting paid a, if you're getting paid a wage every week, you're guaranteed a return on the energies you put in. Mm. You invest when you're working for yourself, you don't get the same short-term guarantees necessarily. So it's having the confidence that what you invest back, you're, you're going to get back eventually. So you don't lose an hour that you invest in yourself. I love that. That's really, really good advice. And I've never heard it coined that way. So that's, that's a great piece. Uh, go dad. So he did construction. Um, he built buildings or is that what he did? Contractor? Yeah. So he builds laboratories and uh, he has a factory now that makes the furniture for that. And all my siblings work for him. So yeah. Awesome. And then you broke away and you said, I'm I yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's fantastic. So uh, do you have a favorite hack that you use to keep yourself organized as you go throughout the work week? Yeah, well, I think the spine of becoming a habit mechanic is to work out what are your destructive habits and what are your super habits? Yeah. And that's what the habit mechanic book is about. It shows you how to work those things out. So as part of my journey to becoming a habit mechanic and still growing as a habit mechanic, as I develop my habit mechanic intelligence and my chief habit mechanic intelligence, there's a, a backbone of what I call super habits to my day. So super habits are disproportionately have a disproportionately 
a disproportionate positive impact on my day. Ah. Destructive habits have a disproportionately negative impact on my day. So one of the, the first super habits I do every day, or the first super habit is I go for a run. I go ah. for a run. It gets the right uh, chemicals working in my brain so that when I come back from the run, I'm ready to do my work, to do my most challenging jobs of the day. Helps me to regulate what I eat. Helps me to be more productive. Helps me to finish work on time. Helps me to accumulate more exercise so I can sleep better at night. So just doing that one thing has all these uh, other beneficial effects. Another super habit is called the daily tea plan. And if you're interested in the daily tea plan and learning how to do it, it's the first chapter in the book. It's also the core part of what we do in the Habit Mechanic University, which is a free app, which is on Apple and Google Play. So we have a community of Habit Mechanics. We just launched this actually. And the core thing we do in the app is we we share the daily tea plan. Okay. So if you want to learn how to do that, that's, that's in the app. Oh, a daily teapot. Okay, that's interesting. Daily tea plan. plan. Oh, plan. Tiny, okay. <laughs> tiny power in action. <laughs> I love it. Uh, what would be an idea of a destructive habit that would that would just compound your day and give you a bottleneck? So one example would be, so if we think of the current working context, hybrid work, people report they're working longer hours, people feel busier than ever. Mm -hmm. so I work too late that's the destructive habit because I work too late mm. I eat too late because I eat too late I'm very hungry so I eat too much because I eat too much I don't sleep very well because I don't sleep very well I feel groggy and unproductive the next day and now I start to gain weight and the next day I finish work even later and it, you see how very quickly it spirals yeah 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 that's interesting so um, what are some ideas of ways to jumpstart for people who are not runners? What would be other recommendations to start your day with? So, so I love the running so, idea, but some people just don't run. Yeah, just walking, just getting out and moving around, whether it's just for five minutes. So the key is, is to start with something that's really easy to do. So if you don't do any exercise right now, if you don't go out of the house right now before you start work, you know, giving yourself the goal of going for an hour walk isn't going to be that sustainable. Just walk around the block to start with. Just build that habit of getting out the door and moving around. So I'm just going to go out for a five-minute walk, but do it with a little bit of intensity. We see people walking the dog and just sort of ambling along. When you start <laughs> to walk a little bit faster, the benefits really go up. Yeah. So, and you'll feel better when you come back. So, I'm, I'm on a, also on a workstation treadmill right now, believe it or not. So I'm still on a treadmill, which you can hear beeping. So I can start to walk now. So you can invest in a workstation treadmill if you wanted. If you're that way inclined. <laughs> um, or you can just go walk outside. <laughs> yeah, walking. I heard that, you know, five minutes of sun in the morning, that as soon as you wake up, if you can be outside for five minutes and just get some sun on your face, that'll reset your brain as well. Uh, and I love the walking. My mother always used to say, if you're going to walk, make it count. And she would always walk very fast. You know, she was off, off like a clip. Yeah, if you live in a, if you live in a place where, where you can get the sun, fantastic. But neurobiologically, we are designed to move around. Yeah. Walk up to 12 miles a day, you know, and that, that feels far 
a faraway concept now. But if you go back 100 years, years ago in London, for example, people walked about 10 miles a day on average. We've yeah. just really gone into this uh, sedentary lifestyle. The pandemic's increased that further. So we're not saying you need to walk 12 miles a day. We're just saying whatever your, whatever your footsteps are now, how can you improve them a little bit and a little bit more, a little bit more? You know, you've got, if you, we've got the tech now that makes it easy, easy to do that. Yeah. Do you use a whoop? What do you use? I use a, um, an iWatch. Oh, okay. Okay, great. Yeah, that's easy too. And a lot of people have those. Uh, that's great. So if you had to look back in time and you had to tell your 18-year-old self, probably before the 19 uh, incident happened, <laughs> if you were going to tell your 18-year-old self something, what, what advice would you give your, your younger self? Yeah, I thought about this question, Kathy. I couldn't think of anything because I wouldn't want to sort of skew the space-time continuum, you know? I wouldn't want to mess anything up because I'm pretty happy where I am, so... I think everything that's happened to me is, you know, stacked up to where I am right now. So maybe if I'd have given some advice, might not have, might have knocked me off course. So I'm not sure, um, how, yeah, how to answer that question. Oh, that, that's a good answer, actually. And other people have answered the similar thing. I think that, you know, we are where we are. Uh, we are blessed to be where we are because of all the stuff that we've been through, for sure. Uh, so is there anything that I should have asked you that, that we haven't discussed here, something that you really want to talk about? Definitely everybody needs to check out the book and we'll put the link there. Uh, but but what, have I, what have I missed here in this conversation? So you have, I mean, I think we could talk for a couple hours, but. <laughs> yeah, I think, well, I, I know people know what habits are or, or we think we know what they are. We just need to reinforce how fundamental they are for everything that we're doing. So your, your judgment of me at the start of this podcast wasn't formed by logical conscious thinking. It's formed by habits. You make a judgment of someone within five seconds, you judge their entire life. That's not a conscious, clever idea. It's habits. How I'm breathing right now is habits. How uh, I'm, I'm standing and moving my, my hands and speaking are habits. So habits are driving everything that we do. If you want to be healthier, you want to be happier, you want to give yourself the best chance of being at your best, it's about understanding your habits and getting better at building more helpful ones. And once you do that, you can then start to help other people to do that by becoming a chief habit mechanic. The key question to ask me, Kathy, was where do you get the book from? So that's on Amazon is the best place to get it. Um, it's on all the formats physical, ebook, audiobook. I narrate the audiobook, which if you like my voice, that's good news. If you don't, that's bad news. But, <laughs> um, and it's not a book that you, it's not, it's not a book that's got one idea in it repeated 10 times. This is a manual for life. It's a toolkit for success. It's got over 30 habit building tools. Once you learn how to become a habit mechanic, it shows you how to become a chief habit mechanic, how to create a high performance culture. It's, I, I, I use this book every day. You know, and I wrote it. It took me over 20 years to write. It's a it's a real workbook. It's really well written, so it's simple to understand. It's based on really good science. It's packed full of examples and case studies and stories. So if you want to be healthier, happier, and at your best, you know, this is this is the book for you. 
slides. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah, everybody, make sure to download it. Now, do you have a valuable free resource that you'd like to offer the people to get them initiated into it? So I would recommend checking out the Habit Mechanic University app, which is ah. absolutely free. You can get going straight away with creating your T-plan and learning more about our daily, weekly, monthly habit building tools that we use. So we've got a whole community of people uh, in the app. And then we've got challenges that we, we, we run in there, the more sophisticated elements of the app. So yeah, go, go there, check it out, get it on your phone, get it to the front, front uh, screen on your phone so it's nice and accessible. Just spend two minutes in there, minimal every day, creating your T-plan, and it will save you at least one hour every day. So if you want to save at least one hour every day, over 40 hours a month, get the app. Hey, you know, that's you're, you're talking my language there. Everybody needs uh, means to create more time. So absolutely uh, download the app. I'm going to do that. That sounds really interesting. And uh, we can access it anytime we want, right? And we just start on our own. Yeah, it's all in there. There's, there's uh, people from all over the world using it. So you'll be getting, you'll see someone else at your your in your time zone using it. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Uh, it's been really, really interesting conversation. And uh, I'll sign off unless there's anything else that you would like to add. Uh, everybody, make sure that you check out the book, uh, buy the book on Amazon, 20 years worth of research. I think you're going to learn a few things, maybe just a little, huh? <laughs> yes, yeah, so we'll put a link to the Habit Mechanic absolutely yep it'll be right right down below we're going to put a link to the app and we'll also put a link to the book and congratulations on making that a bestseller john i really appreciate and really congratulate you for spending 20 years uh putting this book together i know it's going to be super valuable for everybody thank you kathy thank you for having me and thank you to everyone for listening Absolutely. Take care. We'll sign it off for now. And everybody make sure to download that and make sure to also download a copy of the six steps to organize your amazing life. Uh, so download all your freebies, get them while you can. And I'm signing off for now. Thank you, John. Thank you, Katha. Hey, thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you want to hear more, feel free to subscribe on the platform of your choice. Also, if you feel so inclined, I would truly appreciate a good rating from you to me. Have a stellar day.